Hey everybody, Wasilla Steve here from Alaska. You know, I listen to five or six podcasts regularly, and one of them is the handgun world. And why? Because I too am a cancer survivor. And because Bob survived cancer, and I survived cancer, Bob got the pleasure of teaching me in two of his classes. And boy, did he ever enjoy that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything, but he taught the best student he has ever had. That being my good friend who attended the classes with me. So here now, a true survivor, a great American, and hands down, one of the best instructors I know, Bob Maine. Hi folks, Bob Main here, and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop, and this is episode number 473, being released on February 1st, 2019. I want to talk about the power of choice this episode in two different ways. I want to talk about the power of choice of firearms and handguns and what that does for you, and also... As part of the personal development modern survival segment of this episode, I am going to talk about the power of choice that you have personally to make some different choices that will probably give you some things to think about. So as you know, this show is sponsored by Ammo.com. If you need ammunition, you get $20 off any order of $200 or more just by going to Ammo.com slash HandgunWorld. That's a special landing page. Gives you, the listener, a $20 discount. Ammo.com slash HandgunWorld. Ben Branham just recently placed an order for ammo at Ammo.com. And he said he got real good service, good shipping, was there in a few days to his doorstep. And it was excellent pricing. So Ben's got some good things to say. I, I, he, he tested it out, and it was real good service. Check it out, ammo.com slash handgunworld. So when it comes to the power of choice for a handgun, it is really cool that we have so many great choices out there. Just about in any caliber, any of the major calibers, so many real good firearms choices, especially in handguns, but I guess even in, in rifles and AR-15s as well. A lot of good stuff out there to choose from. A lot of people did not have these kinds of choices uh, even 15 years ago, but now it's really grown, the whole market and everything. That's That gives us some benefit, and it also poses some challenges, does it not? One of the things that I want to say that I think is a challenge in this power of choice that we have out there is that often we see manufacturers rushing to market with products and guns and things that might not be good enough yet. And sometimes they start having problems right out of the box with their first run 
of a pistol. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying some. You know, I remember back when I first got my Glock 42 when they first came out. I bought a Glock 42 about a month after they first came out, and it had problems. Now it's flawless. I, I did have to send that one back to Glock. And even my Glock 43, when it first came out, I had a few issues. And anyway, I ended up sending that back uh, to Glock and getting... No, actually, that one I didn't send back to Glock. They just sent me a new mag magazine release button because that was the problem at the time. So it's a good and it's a bad thing because you can find a gun to fit any need you have, any hand size, any shooting level skill, with safeties, without safeties, different types of grips, large grips, small grips, interchangeable grips, and length of pull matters, by the way. Something not talked about very much. Have you noticed that? I put it up on Facebook not too long ago. The length of pull, in other words, the trigger reach is very important in determining handgun fit. The two most uh, recent Glocks that came out, the Glock 43X and the Glock uh, 48, they have shorter trigger reach lengths, shorter trigger, shorter lengths of pull than, say, a Glock 19, Glock 17, etc. And the uh, same with the, with the previous Glock 43. So it's going to fit more hands, and that's important. That's very important, and I'm going to speak a little bit about the Glock 43X and 43.8 that are out on the market right now. First, I have a listener voicemail that I want you to listen to. Hey, Bob, this is Dan Vamus in Las Vegas. I know you had mentioned in a recent episode you were considering uh, doing some work with a P365. I wanted to give you a quick uh, review. So I took uh, my P365 to uh, Front Sight Academy out here in Las Vegas in Crump and uh, went through a two-day skill builder, which is essentially a four-day condensed into two, put about 500 rounds through it flawlessly. However, the striker and my uh, gun was purchased and was new and built in August of this year. Uh, striker drag issues are still a problem. Uh, where the uh, striker hits the primer, from the center out all the way to the edge where of the primer where it touches the brass case, uh, you see a rectangular slash. And that's on every round, every time. And I'm a little concerned about that. I'm not exactly sure how much concern I can have, but they have not fixed that problem. But that aside, gun went uh, flawlessly. Now, it's a small gun. So I wasn't quite as accurate as I'd like to be, like if I were to take my 34 or 19. But I did quite well, and uh, I enjoyed the enjoyed the course immensely. Anyway, wanted to give you a, a quick, uh, you know, review of what I've experienced with the 365. And of course, Bob, you can't beat the capacity, right? Um, 10 plus two, and I had several extended mags, 12 or plus one. Um, just you know, amazing capacity. Boy, Glock can only. Uh, do that. The six plus one is just not that impressive with the 43, which I also own. Uh, but boy, if Sid can figure out that striker drag issue, I'd be much more excited about it. But it is a, so far so good. Uh, again, anyway, thanks and have a great day. Thank you, Dan, for calling in that voicemail. I got some comments to make. I want to give out the voicemail number in case some of you don't have it. 210-646-1727. That voicemail was sent to me before Glock announced and started shipping. 
the Glock 48 and the Glock 43X. So let me comment about Dan's voicemail first. The Sig P365, fantastic gun. I am still considering adding one. I just have not purchased one yet because two reasons. I still hear about issues, and this voicemail from Dan is no exception. I hear about fewer issues, but I still hear about issues. And it's on. it goes both ways. Uh, some people have say, have have put out feedback like, "Hey, I've I got great results on my Sig P365. I've shot that thing 500 to 1,000, 1,500 rounds, flawless." And I've had some people say, "You know what? Uh, two or three hundred rounds." And even on this latest version of the Sig P365, they're having issues. It's part of the rush to market. It's part of the rush to market issue that I think. Too many, too many uh, manufacturers are guilty of. Even Glock and Smith and Wesson, uh, major names and major reputations for reliability. So, just be careful. Make sure that you actually test something before you buy it. You may have to find something that you like. You might have to find a gun you like. And do some research on it. Rent a whole bunch of them. Maybe borrow some from a friend. And maybe even take your chances if it's a brand new model. If it's something proven, then no problem. Here, let me give you a good example. M&P Shield. Okay? Uh, Smith & Wesson came out with the 2.0 version of the M&P Shield. What was it, about a year ago? It's incredibly reliable. I've had zero absolutely zero issues with mine and I've put a lot of rounds through it. I I lost count, but I'm not one of these people that shoots two boxes of ammunition and say, oh, it's good to go. No, you know me. I shoot my guns. But when shields first came out, they had issues. Um, So, you know, it's... Take your... Do your research. If you need to take your chances, here's one good thing. If you do take your chances, if you buy something relatively new on the market and it doesn't work out, um, you know, they're not too difficult to sell. It's, it's really, it's the power of choice, like I said. Now, here's the great thing. Here's the good thing about the power of choice is because, as I mentioned, regardless of your hand size, regardless of your concealed carry needs or your competition needs or your level of skill how much capacity you want, what you want to use the gun for, you can find a handgun out there on the market right now to fit any need you have. Any need you have. How cool is that? So since we're talking about new guns out there, let's talk about the Glock 43X and the Glock 48. I am going to walk back something that I said, and I'm going to change my mind about something. Because I reserve the right to do that, and I have an open mind, and I approach this podcast and life with an open mind. I was wrong about the Glock 43X. I think it's kind of a cool pistol, and here, here's why. Here's why. I criticized it first because I thought, okay... There, there, there they go again. Glock is lengthening the grip of a perfectly good concealed carry pistol and they're not doing anything to lengthen the slide or the, or the sight radius, you know. Like the Glock 19X, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But the Glock 43X, 
Well, the cool thing about that is because the grip is thin enough, the extra length doesn't seem to matter too much. I had a chance to go to a gun, show, a gun store recently and I get my hands on a Glock 43X and dry fire it a lot and handle it. And I, it felt really good in my hand. So did the Glock 48, which I'm going to talk about as well. So that is a gun, the Glock 43X, which I was wrong about. That's a gun where the longer grip is really, in my opinion, not that big, big of a deal. And actually, it's a positive. Here's why. Because if you have relatively large hands like I do, that gun, you can get you can get a full grip on that and a nice comfortable grip, whereas a SIG P365, which I, I rented several months ago, put a lot of rounds through the rental gun, that gun's too small for me. It's too small. For some people, it's just right, but for me, it's too small of a gun, the P365, but the Glock 43X is not too small, and the grip is not hardly any more difficult to conceal than a regular Glock 43 because of the thinness of it. Also, if you already own a Glock 43 and you want the extra capacity, uh, you, you, you get those extra rounds going to a Glock 43X and the top ends are interchangeable. So if you buy the Glock 43X, that upper, that top end will fit on your regular standard Glock 43 and vice versa. The magazines are not interchangeable, but the top end is interchangeable. So another cool feature there. I'm not crazy about that silver colored finish of the, the two new Glocks. We'll see. It doesn't seem to be very durable to me, but I should probably not comment too much about that because I haven't had a chance to shoot and carry one for a long time so i think they're competing with sig very nicely with the glock 43x it's probably going to have excellent glock reliability although it is a first edition gun so i won't be surprised if some issues do show up with it but glock is usually pretty good about taking care of those issues how many of you listening have any experience with a glock 43x how about a voicemail? Call me up, 210-646-1727, uh, or send me an email, or something like that. Now, let's talk about the Glock 48. Really a cool gun. I had a chance to play around with that, too. Finally, a single-stack Glock 19. Finally. And it's <laughs> it's nearly the size of a Glock 19. I mean, within probably within eighth of an inch if not exactly the same height and length as a Glock 19 obviously just thinner thinner because it's 10 rounds by the way both of these new Glocks 10 rounds in the mag that's acceptable that's an acceptable amount of concealed carry rounds in my opinion and if you live in a state by the way that restricts you to 10 round magazines then these are a couple of good guns to look at in addition to the SIG P365 so uh, about the Glock 48, a great feeling gun, balances nice, feels great in my hand. Probably, I would say the Glock 48 was the best feeling Glock in my hand of any pistol that they make, that Glock makes, in their whole lineup of pistols that they have. The Glock 48 felt the best to me, and uh, same frame, same exact frame as the Glock 
43X. Now, I like the Glock 43X, still don't like the Glock 19X. Why? It drives me nuts every time I hear somebody say, well, you know, Bob, the uh, commander, the 1911 commander, Sorry, I had to pause there for a minute. I don't know if you heard it. But everybody says, Bob, what about the Commander? The 1911 Commander. You know, the Glock 19X is just like the same thing as a uh, 1911 Commander, but it's Glock version. No, no. Bad comparison, in my opinion. Have you ever looked at the size of the Glock 19X grip? Good night. That thing is so much larger than a 1911 Commander. Uh, might not be longer, but large, just big and fat grip. When it comes to concealed carry, I can conceal a 1911 Commander far easier than a Glock 19X. Ah, just wish people would not make that comparison. So again, from a concealed carry standpoint, I don't think the Glock 19X makes much sense. Competition, yeah, okay, I can see the... The benefit in that, if you if you just like a gun like that, and you know, and you're just going to use it maybe as a range toy, or maybe your hands are so large that a, a Glock 19 is too small for you, but you still want a gun like that. Yeah, maybe or or check out the Glock 45, which is the same grip as the Glock 19X. Um, you know, just doesn't have some of the other. Uh, in my opinion, unnecessary features of the Glock 19X. Glock sells a lot of them, though. So I guess I can't argue with the fact that they're selling a lot of uh, I just I, I don't think I'll ever own a Glock 19X. And I just don't think it's a good comparison to a 1911 Commander. That's all. That's just my personal opinion. All right. So now, a couple of other things that I want to say about the power of choice and the new guns that are out on the market right now. Have you noticed that just about all the new guns coming out are in 9mm caliber? Seems like 9mm is taking over uh, as as the most popular caliber in America. You know, 9mm. Seems like it's taken over. Everybody used to all be hung up on 45s and 40s and things like that. 357 SIG for a while. Now everything's going 9mm. Just an observation I think it, you know, it has to do with ammo development and and the the good ammo that is now available. And that's another good thing about the power of choice. Man, you can find ammunition for any need these days. Buy it while you can. Use my ammo sponsor, ammo.com slash handgunworld. Buy ammunition while you can. You never know when we're going to have a crisis like we did four or five years ago, whenever it was, when ammo became real scarce. And those of you that had stock of ammo, you were happy. Those of you that only buy ammo three or four boxes at a time, you were not happy when we had the crisis because you were stuck paying huge amounts of money for even nine millimeter ammo. But Again, you can find ammo for anything that you want to do out there. Next, I want to talk about standards before I get to uh, the next segment of this episode. Standards. Recently, Ben Branham and I, we, we shot a video for the Shooters Club. 
And if you're not a member of the Shooters Club, there are very good instructional videos at Ben Branham and Modern Self-Protection. He and I have put together a lot of really cool instructional videos. They don't take the place of live training, but they are very good instructional tools and help you get your mind thinking about what it is that you need to practice. And I think for $8 a month, a membership for, to the Shooters Club is an absolute steal. For eight bucks a month, we have like 80 videos up there. Ben just put a new one up there on mastering the double action trigger. So if you like to shoot a double action trigger, join the Shooters Club and watch Ben's most recent video, Mastering the Double Action Trigger. The next one coming out is about standards. And I tell you, you know, we were both shooting and, and filming and I stunk. I stunk. And it's 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 embarrassing and I'll tell you why, but, I, but I'm going to be, I have something now I can work on. I have something now that I can work on. And see, by the way, it's, I think it's important to see videos of yourself or even other people that you know that are shooting. I think it's important for you to see them making mistakes. Would you agree with me on that? Learning from other people's mistakes. There's a lot. And I, my ego doesn't get bruised when I, when I make a mistake, even if it's on camera. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Um, I look at it as a way to improve. It's a learning experience. Life is a learning experience. You got to look at life as a learning experience. And if you don't, um, it's going to be detrimental to your, your your mental health, especially. I was bad. I was bad when we were just trying to draw from concealed carry. Here's why I was bad. I was wearing a coat. It is winter time here in South Texas. And uh, of course, it's not much of a winter. Oh, all you... All you people up there in in the north part of the USA, I feel so sorry for you up there. Up there where I grew up, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, that whole area up there, just the bitter, bitter cold right now. I'm I'm so sorry to, to see you guys having to deal with that stuff. It's exactly why I left and have not been back to live there since 1985. I've been back there to visit quite a bit. And I love to visit that part of the country in July and August. But it was relatively nippy here in San Antonio when we were out there filming the Shooters Club. And so I had a light jacket on. And then I had a heavy long sleeve shirt underneath the jacket. And then I had a t-shirt under that. So guess what my problem was? drawing the gun from out underneath all those clothes. I'm not used to that because I don't wear that much clothing outer garments very much here in in, in South Texas because it's not necessary. But guess what? I wasn't prepared. I hadn't practiced my draw from out underneath all those clothes. And so it was terrible. So key point, practice your draw. It, with with your winter gear, take time during the winter to do a lot of practicing of your draw. Getting the gun out and getting the first two shots on target is probably the most important thing that you can do. And if there's one thing, if you only have the time and the budget to practice one thing and practice it often, my humble suggestion would be to practice drawing from concealment however you normally dress and getting the first one or two rounds on target accurately. That's what I would recommend you practice. And I'm not talking about put on your IDPA or USPSA competition vest and practice drawing from that in a competition holster. 
I don't recommend that unless that's how you carry. Or unless you're trying to win the next competition match or improve your classification or something like I am right now. But for concealed carry, unless you're carrying with an IDPA vest or an outside the waistband competition holster, put your concealed carry gear on. Put on that light jacket. Put on that sweatshirt. Put on the big winter coat, the big parka, if you're having to go out where it's 30 below zero right now and you're carrying your gun. How are you going to draw your gun from all that clothing? Uh, it's possible. It's doable. You can be effective. But have you practiced that? So check out the standards, the shooting standards video on the Shooters Club. It's very important. It's very revealing. Ben did a fantastic job. And then we also we also did some shooting standards from the low ready position and uh, trying to in, uh, increase our speed and accuracy. I did pretty well on that portion of it. I was proud of myself on that portion of it. So, you Shooters Club members, you'll be able to see that. ShootersClubMembers.com. Once again, that's ShootersClubMembers.com. Now, this next segment is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. They've been a sponsor of mine a long time. Jason has agreed to send me and Ben Branham some samples of his new competition holsters. So I ordered one for my M&P 2.0 compact. I think Ben ordered one for his full-size M&P. So Jason at Concealment Solutions has new competition holsters that either are available or they're going to be available. And of course, you as one of my listeners, if you use the coupon code, all one word, the code HANDGUNWORLD at checkout, you get a 10% discount. So check them out also at Concealment Solutions. Dot com Good stuff. I carry daily in a Cobra or Cobra Compact holster outside the waistband. Kydex, totally love it. That's 90% of the time how I'm carrying one of my handguns. So, next segment coming right up. Okay, this segment is coming to you from the Rental Handgun World Mobile Studio. Hey, which happens to be a brand new, I'm pretty sure it's a 2018 Toyota 4Runner. So, the brand new version of the regular, older, paid-for 2006 Toyota 4Runner, which is the, that's the real Handgun World Mobile Studio. This is a rental uh, that I have for about three days. Nothing wrong with the old one. But I'm exceeding the mileage reimbursement policy for my company that I work for, my real job. So we have to take a rental car if we're going to exceed a certain amount of mileage. So here we go. The power of choice. And I've kind of saved this for the modern survival personal development segment that I like to put in most of my episodes where I kind of not speak too much about guns and I share with you some information I learned from my mentors long ago when I was in my 20s and 30s. And one of my mentors I had the pleasure of working for, meeting in person, and actually promoting one of his seminars, and that's Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, Jim Rohn. Fantastic man, died I think about five or six years ago. 
but just a brilliant, uh, brilliant business philosopher and personal development coach. And I'm going to go ahead and share some of the, of his uh, wisdom with you now. You know, most of you know, if you've been following me, I am a Christian man. I'm a man of faith. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and died for the forgiveness of my sins and rose again after three days. That is my absolute belief. Uh, and if you're not a Christian, that's okay. You, you, I'm not going to look bad upon you or I'm not going to talk bad about you if you're not a Christian, if you don't share my beliefs. I think you can still get something from this, but it's important that you know where I come from and where I draw the primary source of my motivation and uh, the primary attitude is from the Bible and it is from the words of our Lord. Jim Rohn taught a lot about the power of choice. And there's a couple of things that he used to teach that really helped me out a lot. First of all, he talked about the ant philosophy. Now, I, I, I think in life you have to have the ant philosophy. And if you're a modern survivalist, the ant, the ant philosophy is going to help you a lot. What do ants do? Well, first of all, ants think winter all summer. You ever notice that? Ants, if you study ants, they think winter all summer. All summer long, they're gathering food. They're doing what they need to do to be able to survive the winter. Because when the winter comes, they know that their very survival depended on what they did in the summer to gather food and to prepare for the winter. Now, have you ever noticed if you try to change an ant's course of direction? I mean, I'm not talking about if you stomp on an ant and kill it. That's... That's not what I'm talking about, but, you know, put a small rock in front of an ant. What does an ant do? They go around it. They go over it. If there's a way they can go under it, they don't care. Ants are determined to get to where they want to go. They'll, they'll just try to find a way around, and that's the kind of philosophy that I would like to encourage you. It's helped me out a lot. If something doesn't work out one way, try a different way. Have a plan A, then have a plan B, then have a plan C. Always have the goal in mind. One reason why a lot of people fail in goal setting is because they don't have several different plans on how to achieve that goal. And I think that's the essence of modern survival is do you have several ways of achieving the goal that you wish? So... Ants think winter all summer. The next thing about the ant philosophy is ants think summer all winter. Have you ever noticed that? Ants, if you study them, ants think summer all winter. Right? They're all cooped up all winter long. First warm day, guess what? They're out. The ants are out. First warm day, they're out. Now, if it gets cold again, they dive back in. But first warm day, they're out trying to figure out, okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. It's summertime. They're all about activity. Ants are all about activity. And activity is some of the most important lessons that you can learn. Activity. Activity. Even if your activity fails. Some things Tom Hopkins taught me, I never see failure as failure, but only as a learning experience. And folks, I've had a lot of learning experiences in my life. It means I've had a lot of failure in my life. 
But you know what? Most of my failures have been followed up by successes. Not all of them, but most of them. Because I look at it several different ways. First of all, I look at failure as a learning experience. What did I learn from the failure? Usually, you'll find at least one thing that you learned. Now, if you repeat that mistake again, then that's on you. We all we all mista- you know have mistakes once in a while. We all we all have mistakes. There's all. F- Hang on a second here. I'm gonna I'm cruising. I'm cruising in the rental studio doing about uh, seventy. I guess I need to back it off a little bit. Seventy-seven. I'll I'll drop it down here to about seventy-five or seventy-four while I'm driving on Interstate Ten. But I'm also gonna grab some water to drink. Hold on. So the one certain failure that you'll have, the, the certain way to fail is to quit. That, that's for certain. If you quit, you're going to fail. Period. End of story. Success usually goes to the most determined person who tries the hardest. That's, those are ants. Ants don't quit. So, you know, if there's something that you want, why did you quit? Now, maybe sometimes in your heart you say, you know what, this isn't for me. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. If you admit that, hey, this is not for me. I mean, maybe concealed carry, maybe shooting is not for you. I don't know. You're listening to this podcast, so I'm assuming that it is. But maybe you're just checking out the world of firearms. Maybe you're just checking it out. And if you're listening to me and you're new to this, well, I thank you very much for listening. I, I'm flattered that you're listening and I hope I make a good enough first impression and give you enough ideas that you'll stick with firearms that, that you will take your your self-defense and your freedom seriously because that really is what the second amendment is about folks the second amendment is about freedom period it's not about hunting the second amendment's not about hunting the men who wrote the second amendment didn't write it and didn't get it ratified and make it a constitutional amendment. They didn't do that because they wanted to preserve their right to hunt. That's not why they did that. They wanted to preserve their right to remain free. Because if you think about it, they fought a brutal war against a very strict and dictatorial regime. And they did not want that anymore. So they wrote the Second Amendment to preserve their freedom especially against their, their ability to defend themselves against tyranny. Now, these days we talk a lot about the Second Amendment and self-defense. Okay, there's a lot of correlations also between the Second Amendment and self-defense. If you take it serious, if you're just checking it out, you might decide, hey, this is not for me. That's okay. But if you decide that it is for you, then do it with all your might. Okay, do it with everything you have. The Bible says, whatever your, fu- your hands find to do, do it with all your might. So dive right in. If you, if you decide firearms is for you, dive in. Listen to podcasts like this. There's other good podcasts out there as well. There are some good YouTube channels. Be careful now. There's some uh, garbage on YouTube. But if you just kind of, if you balance what you hear on YouTube with, with reality, talk to some people who are grounded in reality in the firearms business. Um, they'll tell you. 
they'll tell you uh, or at least give you their opinion. And by the way, listen to all opinions. You know, it's it's kind of like we Christians say: if you hear something, check it with Scripture. Take everything you hear and and check it with Scripture. And if it lines up with Scripture, that's okay. And if it doesn't, be careful, be wary. You could do the same thing in just your general firearms knowledge. So do it and do it with all your might. Develop the ant philosophy. Think winter all summer. Well, how do you apply that to guns? Well, how about buying ammo? As you know, earlier in the show, I have an ammo sponsor. Ammo.com. Ammo.com slash handgunworld. Which is how you get your special discount. Well, stocking up. Now, right now, ammo's cheap. It's real cheap right now, folks. I mean, real cheap. But there may come a day. There may come a day, depending on what the politicians decide to do. And ammo might not be so cheap anymore. So, think winter all summer. If the winter of high ammo prices hits us, you're going to be glad that you developed the ant philosophy. Because you thought winter all summer. And for those of you, I'm recording this podcast in January of 2019. Some of you listening to this, you're experiencing a pretty brutal winter right now based on some of the temperatures. Which I know all about, folks. You've got to remember. You have to remember, I'm a Yankee. Alright? I'm a Yankee with a gun. That makes me dangerous. Not only am I a Yankee, but here in Texas, they call me a damn Yankee. And the difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee is a Yankee comes down here to visit, but a damn Yankee comes here to stay. That's me. I came down here to stay because yesterday it was 69 degrees and sunny in San Antonio, Texas. And some of my friends and relatives were talking about 30 degrees below zero up north in the hinterlands where I came from. Most of you know I was, I was born in New York City. At a very early age, my family moved to Wisconsin, so I'm a cheesehead from Wisconsin. I know all about those winter temperatures. Start thinking summer all winter. Start thinking summer. Be like the ant. First warm day, you're out. You're out. First warm day, you're out there with your gun, you're shooting. Getting ready. Getting ready for the good weather so that you can practice your shooting and everything even more during the good times. How about that? You know, so start thinking that way. And if you just kind of put those two things together and apply them to life, I think it's going to work very well. Think summer all winter and think winter all summer. It's just basic common sense. It's called planning ahead. The problem is, is common sense ain't so common these days. How many of you noticed that? So, in addition to the power of choice, there are three things also that Jim Rohn taught that I remember, and that's philosophy, attitude, and activity. Well, first of all, what's your philosophy? What is your philosophy about what you're doing? I'll give you, a, I'll give you like a work example, okay? Here, here's a lot of people's philosophy. If this is all they're going to pay, then I am not going to do much. I'm only going to give half of an effort because if this is all they're going to pay me on this stinking job then I'm just not going to work very hard so that that's one philosophy right and you might survive a short term or maybe even a long term 
doing that, saying, well, if this is all this stinking company is going to pay me, then that's all I'm going to give them. Well, that's, that's one way to think. That's one philosophy. Now, another philosophy is, well, if, if this is all they're going to pay, I'm going to give my maximum effort, but I'm going to save some of my efforts for myself. So you give your maximum effort in order to keep that job so you can keep collecting that pay if it's a job you you like. If it's a job you don't like, change jobs, folks. I mean, we have a pretty good job climate here in the United States right now in January 2019. So change, change jobs. I've been doing a job, folks, for 33 years. 33 years I have been in, in sales. I love sales. I can never see doing anything else. So I really enjoy what I do. There are days that are frustrating. There's days I don't like it. There's days I'm like, oh, I can't believe what a horrible day. But you know what? I don't have very many horrible days in doing what I'm doing. I have a good job. I, I've even said that, you know, since I was 26 years old, I'm semi-retired since I was 26. Because I do something I totally love to do. So it doesn't feel too much like work for me most of the time. It doesn't feel too much like work. It's something I, I, I do and I, and I have fun. So I'm, I'm sort of retired because, right, everybody thinks, well, when you retire, you have fun. First of all, I'm telling you, I, I'm never going to totally retire and sit around and do nothing. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to totally retire and sitting around doing nothing. That's not the definition of retirement for me. The definition of retirement for me is every single day doing what I want with whomever I want, anywhere that I want to be doing it, whatever activity, and have the money to be able to do that. So what is your philosophy, what is your attitude, and what is your activity? So attitude. I think it kind of goes without saying that you know, you, you, you have to have a no-quit attitude. And I'm not going to say a positive attitude because I don't always have a positive attitude. Uh, but I like to think I have a no-quit attitude. I mean, take this podcast, for example. I'm, uh, I've been doing this podcast now about nine and a half years. And there are many times that I wanted to quit doing this. I'm 100% serious, folks. You should see some of the comments that I've received. Well, as a matter of fact, all you have to do, if you use iTunes or Apple Podcasts, what they call it now, go read them. I have like about mm, 200 and... I have over 300 ratings and well over 200 actual reviews of my show, of the Handgun World Podcast. Just just look at them. And if you've never left an iTunes review for me, I, I would love to get one. And if you don't mind writing a review, even if it's one or two sentences, that, that, that would be really helpful. I would like that. I read every single comment. Well, you should look at some of those. Some of those comments that I've received have made me want to quit. And some of them, some of them made my mind think for about two days, you know, I'm going to quit this. This is not worth it. I do this podcast for free. I don't, nobody pays me to do it. And, 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 and nobody pays to listen to this podcast. And I'm working hard trying to give them all this good information at no charge. And they blast me in the comments like they did. And I don't mind negative comments, folks. I've always said you can, you can give me a negative comment. That's fine. 
I make mistakes. I'm not always right. I just ask one thing. If you give me a negative comment, please back it up with fact. Please back it up with fact. I know that this this segment right here that I'm doing from the Rental Handgun World Mobile Studio... I, there's a guy that left a comment on YouTube. YouTube, uh, blah. Uh, a guy left a comment on iTunes. His name is Tim. He said, "Oh, this is a good show that I listen to, except for when he's in his car. Then he sounds like he's just kind of rambling on and doesn't give any useful information." So, I guess you know there are a few. So this this segment of this show is not for Tim. From iTunes. Sorry, Tim. Fast forward through this. Don't listen to this. Just listen to the segments where I'm sitting in my nice, comfortable office in in the Handgun World studio in the comfy of my nice office with a good chair and a good mic. And I'm not I'm not driving down the road because I understand, you know, how useless this segment is for Tim. But Tim never gave a reason why that he didn't like the segments from my car. So just give me a reason. And you know, folks, if I'm, if I'm wrong about something, I think you've heard me many times correct myself. I have an open mind. I've always believed your mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open. Mind is My mind is open. If I need to change my mind, I will. As a matter of fact, there's a major change of mind coming up for me, which I'll announce probably in about two shows from now. About, about some guns. As I've changed my mind about some guns, and I'm, I'm going to share that with you, but I want to be sure, and I want to think it through, and I want to just be real sure before I put it out there for you to listen to. I don't mind. And I was wrong. I was wrong about some specific firearms in the past. I was wrong. And I'll I'll correct those mistakes. John F. Kennedy once said, a mistake does not become a problem unless you fail to correct it. So I will do that. So give me some feedback if you uh, if you haven't done that on iTunes. So philosophy Attitude and activity. Jim Rohn talked about that. So activity. What What is your level of activity? Now, you know, I mean, do you do you adopt God's philosophy? Six, the 6-1 six philosophy. Six days of work, one day rest. That's what God did. Six days of work, one day of rest. Uh, maybe some humans think that they're smarter than that. We got it down to five and two, right? Five days of work, two days rest, you know. I guess if God would have thought of five and two, he probably probably would have made it five and two, right? It's, it's hard to think of everything when you're putting together a whole world and a whole universe, right? Maybe you can't, can't think of everything. And that's just a joke, folks. God's perfect, but... That's what I try to do. The the 6-1 philosophy. Six days of work, one day of rest. Again, like, for me, it's not work. It's really not work. My work consists of my real job, my real full-time job that I make a full-time healthy living as an outside salesperson for a hotel door lock and security company. 
And then, of course, I do this podcast, and I do the new YouTube series now that Ben Branham and I have started, Modern Handgunners. We've been talking about that. By the way, Modern Handgunners is on iTunes now. If you just want to listen to the audio feed, because maybe you're driving, and of course you can't watch videos, or you shouldn't watch videos while you're driving, but you want to listen to the audio, you can pick that up on iTunes and most of the podcast catchers. You can also go to ModernHandGunners.com. You can just search Modern Handgunners on YouTube. And they're all me and Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection reviewing guns, gear, concealed carry, and all that. So that's what my 6-1 philosophy or activity plan, that's what it consists of. Five days doing my real job, one day, approximately one day. Doing the other things that I have fun doing. The other day, Ben Branham and I spent about a little over four hours at the range. Just he and I together. And uh, we did a lot of filming for Modern Handgunners. You'll be seeing those. We did some more videos for the Shooters Club. If you're not a member of the Shooters Club, wow, you're missing out on some good instructional videos for only $8 a month. Only 8 bucks a month, folks. $75 a year if you want to save some money. So we were, and of course we did we did some training too. We did some standards training. And uh, I, I noticed something I was not uh, very happy with. And uh, I was not very happy with my standards when I'm shooting them cold. Because boy, it was terrible. Couldn't draw my gun out of my holster when I had a bunch of clothes on and a winter jacket and everything couldn't get it out of the holster that's bad and you know you should practice standards for the most part cold or as as cold as possible and i was cold in both ways it was cold outside of course for south texas you know i mean cold is all relative right but i had a light jacket on and then i had a shirt on then i had a t-shirt underneath that so if you're in a winter climate and you're wearing a lot of clothes, how much have you practiced drawing with all those clothes on? Obviously, I did not practice enough, and it was it was bad. It took too long for me to just get the gun out of the holster. Once I got my gun out of the holster, my shooting was fine. My shooting was accurate and fast, but getting out of the holster, one of the most important things that you can practice. So if you dry fire practice, don't just dry fire in the comfort of your home. If it's cold, put on all your winter clothes and go outside and, and practice drawing your pistol. Make sure it's unloaded. Double check that it's unloaded. Or if you have to stand in your garage, if your garage is not climate controlled, stand in your cold garage and practice with all your winter clothing on. It's a lot different than if you're using your competition holster, which helps you with a, with a speed draw, and you're not even concealed. A lot of times when I go shoot competition in the warm weather, people are showing up doing that, and that's okay. It's okay to play the game if you want to be there to play the game, but it's not, it's not realistic. How many people walk around with a competition holster? with an offset holster or something like that and the gun not concealed I mean yes open carry is legal in a lot of places but 
How many people do you see walking around with their pistol in an open-carried competition holster? Come on, tell me. How many of you see that? Probably not much. I've never seen it. I've seen people open-carrying, but I've never seen them open-carrying in a speed holster. Offset, where it's barely covering the trigger guard of the gun so that they can pop that gun out of there quickly so they can have an incredibly fast draw. They, they don't conceal carry that way. And it's a completely different ball game. Like I said, when you got a bunch of clothes on, you got to clear those garments, and your gun might be inside the waistband. And it may not be all that easy as you think to get it out of there. So again, in modern survival, what is your philosophy? Do, do Are you adopting the philosophy? Well, if this is all they're going to pay me, then they're going to get the same amount of work from me in return. Do you really think that that gets you ahead? And then the same type of people complain that they didn't get the promotion. They didn't get the raise. Well, I'm telling you, your boss sees that attitude. If this is all they're going to pay me, then this is all I'm going to work. I'm not going to give them 100%. Your boss sees that. Come on. They see that. Now, does that mean they're always going to reward that? No, but you'll feel better about yourself. And the most important person you have to please is yourself. If you do that, God will see that. Your spouse will see that. Your kids will see that. Think about the legacy you're leaving too. Do you want to leave your children with the legacy, if this is all they're going to pay me, then, then that's the, I'm not going to work very hard. Is that the legacy that, that, that you want to leave to your family? It's not the legacy that I want to leave to my my family. So so that's philosophy. And you, you know, your attitude, one more time, your attitude speaks for itself. You know, what is your attitude? Do you have the ant philosophy and the ant attitude? Where they they work for winter all summer and then they get ready for summer all winter. And then your activity. How much activity are you putting into it? Things don't just happen on their own. You have to make them happen. I've always, I've always learned that there are, there really are three types of people in this world, folks. Three types of people: those who make it happen, those who watch it happen, and those that don't know what happened. And I bet you know someone that falls into each category, right? Those who make it happen. Those who watch it happen. And then there's those people, folks, that walk around and they don't know what happened. They're like, what What happened? What What happened? People just passed them by. The world just passed them by. All of a sudden, they, they're, they're at retirement age and they, they have nothing at retirement age. And they say, what happened? What happened? So those are the people that didn't put in much activity. Because they spend too much time drinking beer, sitting on their couch, complaining, 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 and not being active and doing and doing and doing. Success normally comes for the doers. It normally comes for the doers. The only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. That's it. So if, if all you wanted to do is be a couch potato and that's all you did... 
then can I respectfully just say, when everything's passed you by, don't complain about it, because if you look at what, what, what was your philosophy, what was your attitude, and what was your activity, I, I think you'll probably get the answer to your question. So, in future episodes, more from Jim Rohn. Uh, If you've never listened to his material, one of the series I like the most is called Take Charge of Your Life. It's old. It was recorded way back in the 80s, which was the time that I was working for him and Tom Hopkins in the 80s. But it's still so relevant today in 2019. Some things don't change, folks. Some things don't change. So check it out. Jim Rohn, Take Charge of Your Life. If you have more questions about that, email it. I don't. I don't work for Jim Rohn. I mean, I used to back in the day, but not anymore. I don't earn any earn any money from it. As you know, this podcast, I do a service for you. You are the listener. You're the most important. So you're the one that I want to serve the most. Because I know that if I serve you, the listener, I'll make money. Money's not that important to me. It really isn't. Money's not the most important thing to me. Money corrupts a lot of people. You know, uh, the Bible says that The money is the root of all types of evil. And, you know, sometimes I've misquoted that and said, money's the root of all evil. That's not right. That's that's not correct. The love of money, I meant to say, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. If you love money more than anything else, it's the root of all types or many types of evil. You know what? I have family members that prove that. Not me. I, I, you know what? I, I know, I know that if I do what God expects me to do, and that is, if I serve people, if I provide a good service, if I provide good value, if I help people, if I love my neighbor as myself, then, then, then the money will be there. God will take care of me with, with finances. Also, I do some things to take care of myself with finances. I've talked about it many, many times before. I don't carry large debt. I don't have a lot of large debt. I don't. I don't have car payments. Don't have credit card payments. I have a house payment right now. That's all I have. House payment. That's it. It's the only loan that I have. I'm raising my son the same way. He has no debt. No debt. He's going to college. And if he does it all right, he's going to go to college and pay cash for college. He's going to do it the least expensive way that he can. So he doesn't come out with a bunch of student loan debt. I don't have any student loan debt either. I have nothing. I have no debt. That's when I when I retire. In other words, when I decide that I am going to do everything on my own terms, I don't wish to have any debt, even my house. I want to get it paid off. Even my house. I want to get that paid off. So, so I don't have any bills. You know, people ask, well, how much do you need in retirement? Well, how much you need to have when you retire really depends on how many bills you have. Don't you agree? And if you don't have very many bills, then you really don't need to have a tremendous amount. Now, I I plan to have a good amount, a good nest egg. But it's, it's my philosophy. It's a combination of my philosophy, my attitude, and my activity. I got very serious in my activity and worked real hard. It's taken 12 years. 
It's taken 12 years. I put this on Facebook the other day um, as a comment. Uh, Aaron Israel was had he started a uh, a pretty nice post about about the uh, the financial peace Dave Ramsey stuff that he's te- teaching, which I'm a huge proponent of. And uh, I put a post on there saying it's taken 12 years. 12 years of ups and downs, mostly ups, but got through the ups and downs to get to the position where I'm at, which is I'm, I'm working on step number six of Dave Ramsey's financial plan, which is paying my house off early. I've got all the other steps completed. $1,000 in, in an emergency fund was the first step. The debt snowball, I used the debt snowball, got debts paid off. Then I put three to six months in savings, the next step. I got three to six months of expenses. I got I actually have more than six months of expenses in savings in case something happens. Right? We don't know what's going to happen, but as I said when I did today's survival show, do what you can with what you have wherever you are. If I come into a financial crisis, I'm going to do what I can with what I have, which I hope is a lot, wherever, wherever I happen to be at that point. And then the next step, fund kids' college. Um, My son has in cash what he needs to finish his college degree. He has it now. And if it weren't for my late wife, I would not have even gotten on the the Dave Ramsey uh, plan. So, Carrie, many thanks to you. Um, My first wife, you know, she, she basically pressured me and successfully got me to adhere to Dave Ramsey's plan. Now, his is not the only plan out there, but it's a good one. And if it wasn't for her and 12 years of diligence and hard work, I wouldn't be able to say the things that I'm saying to you now. So now I'm working on trying to get the house paid off early. Hopefully, in 8 to 10 years, I'll have my house paid off. Hopefully, about 8 to 10 years. And I'll be sitting real well. So anyway, again... One last time, philosophy, then your attitude, and then your activity. And all three of those, in my humble opinion, have to be positive and productive. Quick break. Come to the next segment soon. Thanks. Hello, everybody. You are listening to my dad on the Handgun World Podcast. Why does he carry a gun? Because he can't carry a cop. Hey, before starting this next segment, I want to correct something I said earlier. I forgot about Dave Ramsey's uh, system of investing 15% of your income in retirement. I'm doing that too most of the time. I can't say that every single month 15% goes in there. But I can say that I'm saving at a rate that should be pretty good and set me up pretty well. Uh, this year in 2019, I plan to come pretty close to maxing out my 401k contributions. And, you know, savings rate is as important as return rate. This is not financial advice. I'm not a certified financial planner, but I'm a common sense financial planner. Let's just put it that way. And if you think about common sense, you know, it doesn't matter what the return rate is on your stocks or mutual funds or bonds or whatever. If you don't put any money in there, you don't get any return. Period. I mean, that's that's 100% true. If you save zero, 
you will earn zero. And return rate is so important. I mean, uh, excuse me, savings rate so much, so much important. It's just as important as the return rate, the rate of return. In my opinion, you know, it's it's just common sense. What would you rather have? Would you rather have fifteen percent of a hundred dollars or seven percent of a thousand dollars? You know, I mean, seven percent of a thousand is more than twenty percent of a hundred. So even if you're making twenty percent on your investments, but you're not saving much, you don't net as much money. You got to put the money in there. The cool thing about my company's four hundred one k, and I think if you have a if you have a, an employer that offers a four hundred one k, you at least take advantage of putting in the money up to the company matching amount because you're getting free money from your employer and I ran the numbers last year I was reimbursed or not reimbursed 30% was matched by my employer sometimes I put over the matched amount in other words they only match up to 7% and of course often I put more than 7% close to 15 most of the time or at 15% but I can see the totals. And the totals equal that 30% of the money I have in my 401k investment, 30% was contributed by my employer. So think about it. Think about it. My investments would have to lose 30%, and I'm still breaking even. In other words, if tragedy struck and I lost 30%, uh, really, I've lost 30% of the house's money, right? The house being my employer. I've lost what they put in. I didn't lose what I put in there. Now, the market goes up and down. But it's been a long time, not since 2008, that people lost 30% or more of what they put in. And, of course, I'm making a positive return on my investments. So, you know, I'm I'm getting a positive return on top of the instantaneous 30% that my employer gives me. Take advantage of it if you can. Even if all you can do is to afford to put 50 to 100 dollars of your paycheck into some kind of an investment vehicle like that. And if your company doesn't have a 401k, you can set up something similar. You know, you can set up a Roth IRA or something like that. And have automatic contributions put into it taken out of your paycheck. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do. But the thing is, you're not going to make anything if you don't save anything in an investment vehicle. Okay, I'm not a financial planner. But but I I can at least figure out that basic philosophy right there. You don't make any return if you don't put any money in to the investment vehicle. Well, Bob, I don't lose anything either if I don't put anything in there. Okay, that's not the ant philosophy, is it? But if that's the philosophy you want to take, then you'll be sitting later in life with uh, very little money saved because you wouldn't take the risk of, of saving money. And if you don't want to take any risk, then... Stick it in a bank account. I mean, 
bank accounts don't even pay you enough to keep up with inflation, but at least you're going to really minimize your losses by doing that, but automatically set up another bank account and stick money in there every month and do it without fail every month. Budget, budget, budget. Okay, that's for a whole nother topic. It's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because I realized uh, after I recorded the last segment that I didn't put that in there. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that and I'd like to hear your feedback. So... Drop me a voicemail, email handgunworld at gmail.com or catch me on Facebook or Twitter. Don't forget about Modern Handgunners on YouTube. That's the joint venture that Ben Branham and I are doing. We just uh, filmed like four or five new videos. We're on YouTube, Modern Handgunners. Just search that on YouTube or go to modernhandgunners.com. Some other cool announcements we can talk about coming up real soon about modern handgunners if you like this show and you want to support me financially i could use it but if you don't want to spend any extra money just make your next amazon purchases through my amazon store handgunworld.com go to the amazon store at handgunworld.com first before you go to your amazon account go through my page and i will benefit from it and you don't have to spend any extra money and i think that's kind of a cool way to support somebody so i would appreciate that from you And I've got more info from one of my great mentors, Jim Rohn, that I'll probably put out in the next episode coming out February 15th. Because the man is, even though it was long ago, he really just has some terrific ideas that still apply to what we do today and the power of choice that we have in our lives, the power of choice we have with firearms, and even the power of choice that we have in the daily activities and the people that we surround ourselves with, which I'll probably talk about uh, in the next episode because it's really helped me out greatly and also poses some more interesting challenges. With all that said, thanks for listening to yet another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Remember that the loudest sound that a shooter hears is a bang when he's expecting a click or just a click when he's expecting a bang. Shoot straight, shoot safe. Please remember to read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.
Get my gun.